I was making all this money. I was young. I was too young to make all that money, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was making all this money. I was doing really well. And I thought I was, you know, I thought I was untouchable. Mm -hmm. um, and that arrogance, um, I, I look at it, almost, truly, I look at it as a blessing. Um, yeah. That failure was something that humbled me enough to realize I didn't know. Um, and it was, to this day, I still look back at it. I, I can still take lessons from it and apply them today. Welcome to Push To Be More with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. Now, this is a show that talks about the stuff that makes life work. And to help us do just that today, I am chatting with Dominic Gurley from Vision Captured about where he has had to push through, what he does to recharge his batteries, and well, what does more mean for Dominic? We're gonna get into all of that. And of course, the show notes and transcript uh, from our conversation will be available on our website, which is pushtobemore.com. And whilst you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter and each week we will email you the notes and the links from the show automatically. They just go straight to your inbox, totally free. It's all amazing, so make sure you do that. Now, this episode is brought to you by Orient Media, which helps entrepreneurs and business leaders set up and run their own successful podcast. You know what, I have found hosting my own podcast to be incredibly rewarding and, well, let's put it this way, an insane marketing growth hack tool. I don't, maybe that's what I should call it, I don't know. Uh, it opens doors to amazing people like nothing else I've seen. I've built networks, made friends, had a platform to champion my customers, my team, my suppliers, and I think just about any entrepreneur or business leader should have a podcast because it's had such a huge impact on my own business, which of course sounds great in theory, but in reality, there's the whole problem of setup, distribution, tech, strategy. There's a lot of unknown questions, isn't there? Uh, the bottom line is I just really enjoy talking to people. I love doing these interview style podcasts. I'm not a big fan of all that other stuff, all that production and all that sort of I just, I just, I don't enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. So the team at Orion Media takes it all off my plate. I do what I'm good at and they brilliantly take care of the rest. So if you're wondering whether podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business, do connect with them at orionmedia.com. That's A-U-R-I-O-N media.com. We will, of course, link to them on the podcast website as well. Now, that's the show sponsor. Let's talk about today's guest. So Dominic, uh, Dominic Gurley's passion for health and fitness was ignited by his father's heart attack, fueled, and that fueled his rise as a leader in the industry. Co-founding Vision Captured with his wife, Maggie Gurley, they utilized their combined expertise to make fitness accessible for all. Their collaborate, their clock, <laughs> put my teeth back in. Their collaboration has driven outstanding growth in client and employee retention, revenue and profit margins, establishing vision captured as a fitness industry trailblazer, which is not an easy thing to do in an industry that is insanely competitive, I have no doubt. So Dominic, you're going to have to tell us your secret sauce, man. But uh, before we get into that, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I super appreciate it. It's uh, this is uh, a first time for me, so it's cool. I know it's cool, man. It's gonna. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I always enjoy talking to people about fitness, mainly because of I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, I'm answer. 
Yeah, well, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the way we're going to start out the show, Dominic, is I, I like to just ask a sort of an icebreaker question. Um, and the question that I've been asking folks, because I just find the answers really fascinating, is this, right? Let's just tie it into our show sponsor. Or Media, they help folks like your good self set up and run their own podcast. So if you did have your own podcast and you could interview anybody uh, on your podcast, someone from the past or someone from the present, but someone that's had a big influence on your life, who would you interview and why? Um, gosh, someone who's had a big influence on my life. Um, you know, I, I, I feel kind of that uh, cheesy and old saying this. Um, somebody who had a really big impact in my life was uh, Tony Robbins. Okay. Um, which is a weird thing, but he had a, uh, a very similar story to me growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when I heard his story and then just the fact that he was, I think he's like 10 or yeah, maybe 20 years older than me. Um, mm -hmm. But he's like 20 years older than me. And I'm like, man, this guy was able to, you know, get through all that. And then, you know, he's made a living from just talking, right? Like he just <laughs> talks to people, um, you know, that like, if he can do it, I can do it. Right. right like, and right, that right. was kind of my, uh, that was, that was kind of, that was where my, uh, my thought process came from was, and then I listened to his work and all that kind of stuff. And sure. It would, uh, give me a good frame for the world. That's a, it's an interesting statement, Tony Robbins, because obviously I, I say, obviously most people in the world will know who he is and will have heard something that he has done. But the, the, what's, what's driving my curiosity at the moment is you said you share similar stories in what ways, are your stories similar? Um, if you listen to his beginning work, he had a, a rather challenged upbringing as a child. Mm. So he lived in this uh, kind of abusive family, if you will. Um, and that was like the first, for him, that was like the first 17 years of his life. Um, and for me, it was more like the first six years of my life where I had this, you know, incredibly you know, challenging, um, like family, uh, mm -hmm. where, you know, the, the bar of soap and getting your mouth washed out with a bar of soap, oh, that wow. was, that was a normal. And like, you were, you, you were like, that's fine. I'd rather have the bar of soap than what could come, yeah. you know? And so when he's talking about all this stuff, I'm like, man, you know, like there's a, there's somebody who faced the same adversity to me and rather than using it as an excuse, he used it as a reason to do better. That's really powerful, isn't it? And yeah. so have you, have you tried, have, I guess maybe the right question to ask you here is how have you utilized that then in your own life? Have you utilized, how's, how's, how have you turned this around to your advantage? Um, I think when you go through some crazy stuff, right? Like, and you have like a challenging out, out outcome or a circumstance that you're in. And you realize, like, one, you can get through almost anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, go in without food for a little while. That's nothing. Um, you know, whatever latches you're going to take, whether, whether it's physically or metaphorically, that those are all temporary. And so you start having this idea, like, you're like, well, this is a moment, right? And so if you fail, right, it, it didn't hurt any more than anything that could have happened to you when you were a kid. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it makes sense. There's, there's no, this, totally. yeah, contrast. Mm. I just, it's a really interesting way to look at it, isn't it? And I, I, I mean, my 
My story, my background story is very different to what you're sharing. I think I grew up in a very different um, environment. Um, and so I can't, I can't honestly relate. Uh, I, I can relate in the sense of I've heard stories and talked to a lot of people, but personally, it's, it's a different um, upbringing. What I can relate to, though, is the fact that there was a different type of adversity maybe when we were growing up. And this attitude which says, um, this is a moment. I use the word season. I love this word moment that you use, that this is a moment, that this too shall pass, this too. And we can get through this. Um, and actually, if we're smart about this, not only can we get through it, we can emerge out out of it slightly stronger. Um, that attitude, that resilience, I, I think is one of those things that um, you just you, you, you can't learn at school, right? It's, it's one of those things that is sort of almost born out of life experience. I don't know if you found that. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it, it definitely is because it's, I, it's like Marcus Aurelius's quote, right? Like the, the impediment to action, um, becomes like the pen. I can't, I'm, I'm going to, me- I'm going to mess up his quote. Impediment <laughs> comes, um, yeah, I'd have to look at it. But anyways, but that quote from Marcus Aurelius to me is really, truly something where you're like, yeah, it's just an obstacle. It's in my way. I've got to figure out a way to get around it. Right. Like mm. that's what life threw at me. So now it's my job to navigate the, that situation and make it better. Yeah. Yeah. So is so, that, yeah. is that, is that attitude then or that, that system of belief? Um, is that what fueled you into the fitness industry? Because it sounds, it sounds like that attitude is almost a great place to start to become like a PT. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of, uh, it's that, it's, it's that kind of way of thinking, which I think you see, you, you see well in sports athletes. Um, so is it, was, was, was sport, was fitness a natural sort of progression for you? Yeah, it was, I mean, I feel like it kind of was, I had these two older brothers that were stepbrothers, um, that were part of my, my dad's. Like when my dad married my stepmom, these two came into our like when I, anyways, but without getting into the details of that, but I had these two older brothers and they're amazing people. Just generally, mm. they have really, really super accomplished. One was like a nuclear engineer. Um, oh, wow. You know, one, yeah, he's, you know, he played, uh, you know, uh, volleyball, like JV volleyball. Uh, so he was on the junior Olympics team for volleyball. So just to give you an idea of like the mm. caliber of athlete and intelligence that these two had. So these two older brothers who were just awesome by any measurable account. And so I was just, I had these two people that I wanted to be like, and I was a run, right? Like, so I'm, I'm 12, one of them 16, the other one's, you know, 14. And, you know, I'd see them in there doing pushups and stuff. And so I wanted to, you know, be like them. Um, so I started doing pushups when I was 12. And um, so I just got, a, I think I just got a jump on it. And then about the time that I started getting into the pushups and sit-ups and all that, um, shortly thereafter, that's when my dad finally had his heart attack. I shouldn't say finally, but, um, that's when he had his heart attack. And then it became understanding like, Hey, how can health affect, you know, making sure that this type of stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and then that was, cause I mean, it was, it was pretty gnarly. I can still remember I was writing a paper about Leonardo da Vinci and I hear my stepmom like scream up the stairs, you know, call 911. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, your dad's having a heart attack. No, he's not. Right. And then, so she's like, no, I'm serious. And so I run, call 911. Right. And then we're waiting there to what feels like hours. Right. It was probably mm. 20 minutes. Um, 
you know, ambulance shows up. My old man's still trying to like drive to the freaking, because um, <laughs> <laughs> he's just, you know, he's a stubborn old Italian guy. What yeah, do you expect? Yeah. yeah. So the guy, can, you know, he's trying to drive and, you know, seeing him get carted off and then just the neighbors are worried. Everyone's hugging me. Like, I'm like, what's going on? Right. But that um, feeling of like unknown, right? Like you don't know mm. what's going to happen. That was, mm. that was my actual biological parent at that moment. And the other biological parent wasn't might be a way of saying that to like be a parent at that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and so dude, if this doesn't go well, like Cindy could bail on me. Um, so that was like one of those moments in life where you're like, well, I guess whatever happens happens, you know, like couldn't Mm -hmm. be worse than what was, what was before. Uh And if it is, you know, Mm. well, Um, what was, what was the outcome for your father? So my dad, my dad is alive. He's still alive to this day. So what ended up happening, he had a, a real big blockage. Um, they were able to remove the blockage. He was on medication for a long time. And then he got pretty serious about losing weight. And so he went from, I mean, I want to say that he was close to 250 and 5'9", right? Um, down to, I mean, I've seen him as low as 175, but I mean, he floats closer wow. to like one, 185, 190 now. Um, so he's a, he's a healthy weight for his height and age and all of that. And so he's healthy wise. Um, is he, is he sort of, he's got these sort of three sons then, <laughs> uh, you know, who, who all seem pretty well accomplished and, and fairly fit and reasonable. Is he, is he, is he sort of taken that on board? Has he become fit himself? No, you know, that was, uh, I think that's one of the great tragedies of, uh, my career was that I was never able to get my, uh, my stepmom my my mother or my father to be able to uh, exercise like, like on a regular any type of regular like type mm. of thing and those were the people I truly wanted to convince to be yeah. able to to get into it and so that was kind of what and this is a weird segue but that was kind of what led me into the sales avenue of what we do which is what led me to be able to have a company um, in this right. was just. Right. A, being able to convince people that their health is worth it. Like, hey, you're yeah. worth making this change. And the little bit of pain that you're going to go through throughout this process is it's going to be worth it. And you're going to start to love it and look forward to it. And that was the hard, that's one of the harder things to get people to um, really buy into because they're just so adverse to that little bit of discomfort. Yeah. And is that still the, is that still the case today that people still struggle to buy into that with all the knowledge that we have? Um, not as much, uh, a lot of people it's, it's now it's the doubt. Um, that's what, like when I'm, when I'm, when I'm selling somebody, like if I'm sitting down with Mrs. Jones, right, just an everyday average person, um, what I get is a lot of doubt from that individual where they're worried, am I going to be able to stick to the food? Am I going to be able to actually come to the end? It's, it's those types of things, that level of accountability and, and getting them to, commit to themselves. Um, that seems to be the bigger issue nowadays. That's really interesting. Is the, is, is that doubt? And, and you also mentioned the word accountability, which is where I guess you guys do well as a company, right? You, you provide that, that accountability. Is it right? Is it the right word? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You provide that, the, the accountability to people. Um, but I'm kind of curious, right? Because a lot of entrepreneurs, business leaders, etc., listen to the show. Um, and, I, 
I guess my own journey in the world of business tells me that maybe 5% of this niche I would classify as healthy. Uh, you know, the other 95% I think want to be healthy but are too busy um, doing other things to, to work on their health. How do you how do you overcome that doubt or how do you overcome that inertia to start, do you think? Um, like how do I get people to do it or how do I personally yeah, yeah, yeah. do it? No, no, how do you um, get people to do it? Because I'm, I'm just thinking of the listeners to the show and some of them will be going, oh, I really need to work on my health. And it's kind of like, what's the conversation you have that's going to help them maybe kickstart their own health journey? I'm curious. It, so I, what I would always tell people, and this is what I always tell people I'm, I'm coaching in there, in sales is that it's not anything that you're ever going to say. It's nothing mm. you're going to say to Mrs. Jones that's going to get her to change. It's what she's going to say, right? It's what he is going to say. Um, and so the, this will sound like a silly question, but it's the simplest question. Why do you want to make this change? That is, that's one of the biggest questions. After I get them to detail what it is that they want out of working out and getting in shape, right? Like you want to go from 220 down to one, you know, 50, 160, whatever the number is. Um, you want your body fat from 30% down to 18%, right? Depending on guy, girl, right? Once they, they kind of paint this picture for me, the next question is why? Um, right. and I'll be honest with you, most of the people, you get a lot of fluff. Um, okay. I want to feel better. I want to look better. I want to do this, right? Okay. Those are all great reasons. Why do you want to feel better? Right. Like, and, and how do you mean that you want to feel better? Right. And so when Mrs. Jones is sitting there and she's talking to me about the, the why behind it, she's like, well, you know, when I get home, I'm tired. And I don't have energy to play with my kids. Right. And you're like, okay, so you want to be able to be, you know, to sp spend time with your children and, and what's, what's the activity that always comes up, right? And they'll be able to go to a time where they severely disappointed their child, right? It might be like that they were playing soccer, right? And then their kid, you know, she just got tired and wanted to sit down and then the kid, mommy, mommy, play, play, play. Um, and that will be the thing. Like they realize like, wow, if I don't take care of my health, I'm yeah. not taking care of my And then that yeah. connection, once you, once you lock onto that connection, um, it, it really, I mean, everything else is, it, it sells itself from there because that person, that driving force for them as an individual, all of a sudden they, it takes over and they're like, you know what? I can't do this. Yeah. That's incredible, isn't it? And it's, uh, I like the simplicity of that question. Why? And, and, and actually it's true in business, it's true in fitness, it's true in most things, isn't it? You have to you have to drill down. I love that word you used, Dominic, fluff. You have to sort of drill down, don't you? Sort of pass the fluff into the real reasons as to why you're going to go through this season of pain, uncomfortableness, whatever it is, it's doing something a little bit different um, to try and achieve something which is going to shape your life. You've, you've got to have that captivating vision and why. Um, if you want to be successful. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about, actually, I was really intrigued by this because I spent a little bit of time managing some health clubs for a few years. Managing may be a loose sense of the word, maybe overseeing would probably be a slightly better phrase. Um, one of the things that I noticed was that every January people would come into the health clubs and they would say, oh, I want to join the health club. And you go, well, why do you want to join the health club? And nine times out of 10, um, the, the women who came in would join the health club to lose weight 
and the guys would join the health club to lose weight but to bulk up at the same time right so i want to i want to get a bit more ripped and i want to lose weight okay and it got to the stage where i noticed that there was a trend that whenever people gave that as an excuse for joining the health club um three months later the women who joined to lose weight most of them would be heavier than what they were when they first joined uh, and it was this really interesting phenomenon that we saw and i i started to drill down a little bit uh, i'm not gonna lie i started to ask lots of questions because i wanted to understand what was going on and so um one of the things uh, was uh, that came up was treat mentality the i've just done half an hour on the treadmill so i can now have this um very calorific uh, piece of food because i've earned it uh, which always tickled me um, but the main cause i thought was and i'd love your opinion on this uh, the main cause was that people didn't focus on health they focused on losing weight and actually they didn't address the issues that caused them to be overweight in the first place um and so the you know they started to feel hungrier their habits were bad so they just did more of what they knew except for now they were doing treadmills and so somehow in the midst of all of this they they sort of got heavier was that a peculiar phenomenon um uh, and is, or is this something that you also see oh no 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 that that's yeah that, that's still alive and well in the fitness industry um <laughs> <laughs> yeah as long as it's not just me being crazy right no 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 yeah alive and well um we, we call it the January rush, right? Um, I, I mean, I could tell you mathematically, a, a health club typically does 40 to 60% of its business um, in the first like three months of the year. Um, and of those people, you, that 90 day drop off that you're talking about, um, I bet you if you were to look at it, if you were able to truly analyze those numbers, you would notice that those people dropped off within the first 27 days of, of joining. Um, yeah. and so it would just be this like massive drop off of people just quitting. And, and you're right though. It's, it's, it's about lifestyle. It's about, um, finding like one of the things that we do to help people to, to create that belief within themselves that they can, because they can, right? Like, it's not, it's not like I'm trying to yeah. sell them some kind of dream, right? Um, is rather than trying to shift their entire life. Cause that's what everyone wants to do. They want to do this massive shift from, you know, I've been unhealthy for 40 years of my life, or I've lived an unhealthy life for 40 years. And now I want to do this tomorrow. Um, and that's just not, that's not the way it works, right? Like it wasn't how it worked for me. Right. And mm -hmm. I started, I started doing pushups and lunges and squats and stuff in my room when I was 12. Um, I didn't start eating healthy until I was in my twenties, just to give some <laughs> contrast there. Mm. Right. Like, um, but the, uh, what ended up what, what ends up happening is it, like part of our process is to coach them through how that's going to work. And so, it's, hey, can you start keeping a food journal for us and just mm -hmm. writing down what you eat throughout? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, perfect. And hey, would you be open open to changing one thing a week about the way that you're eating? Yeah, I, I would totally do that. Okay, mm -hmm. well, great. Like we'll start with breakfast and we'll work our way down, right? Yeah. Or we'll start with uh, dinner and we'll work our way up. Uh, and they're like, okay. Okay, yeah, I could do it. And so it's it's creating the change, like where they're the frog in the boiling water, right? Yeah. Rather than just trying to just be radical about it, just ease them into that process. And and I say love them throughout it. That's what I always tell everybody: is just love them throughout it, right? No, and just let them know, like, hey, you're gonna mess up. It just is what it is. This is new. 
Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. That's 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 awesome. So just explain um, uh, to me, Dominic, you you your sort of your journey from from doing push-ups to twelve. Your dad has it. How old? How old were you when your dad had this heart attack? I was twelve when he had it. He was forty-two. Okay. So you, oh wow okay so uh, that's that's young uh, <laughs> so he has this heart attack when he's forty two you're twelve years old and here you are now you've got this sort of what's what was that journey um, for you just in a nutshell um it started on accident uh, so <laughs> most I, good journeys do to be fair <laughs> so I had this uh, teacher and man I hope he's watching um. Hey, there's no way. I, I, maybe. Mr. His name was Mr. Maddie, and he was a math teacher. He t- t- uh, taught algebra. And so he sent us to do a book report or a, a report where it was a written report in our math class, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and was like, how does math intersect with what you want to do at least over the next three years? Right? Like whatever you're going to okay. do when you're in college. Okay. Um, so I thought, hey, I'll be a personal trainer while I'm in college and, you know, go off to be a doctor um, or a lawyer, right? Those those were my two careers. And I was more towards the doctor because I, I love biology and all that. And I just, mm-hmm. honestly, I'm not super good at chemistry. So, <laughs> but the, uh, so I had to go and do these interviews. And while I was doing these interviews with these personal trainers and gym managers and trying to figure out how numbers mattered to these people, um, one of the people who was a... A, a higher up within the district was like, Hey, do you want to do, you want to do this, right? Like, this is what you are stepping into. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, let me get you a job interview. Um, and I couldn't tell you the guy's name, but he got me a job interview with my very first boss, Matt Yellen. And I started, I was 17 and, and, um, I would say that they indoctrinated me into the fitness industry. That's, that's the joke wow. that we always say. Wow. Um, so the teacher's name was sorry, Matty, Mr. Matty. Um, yeah, Mr. Matty was his. Uh, with that, I, that that's his first name, but I don't know what his last name was. But yeah, Mr. Matty, he looked like the lead singer from uh, Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I've got a really clear picture in my head on, on on this guy now. But it's just intriguing me that I mean, in England, I don't know what it was like when you were growing up, but if you had a maths teacher called Mr. Matty, that would have caused uh, much hilarity. Uh, there would have been room for many jokes. Uh, and then, ironically, the first boss you have is also called Matt. Um, so I'm, I'm spotting the theme. I'm spotting the trend, Dominic. So you, you get sort of engrossed in the, the the fitness industry. At what point do you set up your own business? Was it from day one as a PT? Were you sort of self-employed or was it a bit more nuanced than that? No, it was, it was more nuanced. So I, uh, I started when I was 17. Uh, I work for what's called a third-party personal training company. And so a third party, they basically subcontract with uh, gyms. And mm-hmm. so they take over the personal training department um, and they effectively pay the gym rent. And yeah. then uh, and the gym just lets them operate and they have this agreement, right? We give you our new members. You guys make sure you don't treat them like crap, right? And he pays sure. money. Yeah. Well, so that's it, right? Um, so I work for this company. And that was where I learned how to do sales. Um, so I had to get my own clients and all that. And so I sat in with my manager who happened to be really great at sales. Um, and so Mike is sitting there, he's doing his process. And eventually I saw it so often that I started to memorize. Um, hmm. And so I had it memorized in, I don't know, a week or two. 
And I started taking my own appointments. Um, and I didn't sell them as regularly as, as he did, but then, you know, eventually I got better and better and better and you know, did more and more study. And, um, that was how it went, but I, I didn't start my own company. I was 21 when I joined forces with, to be an owner of a company. Um, uh, and that was okay. with this guy who I work with, uh, named Nick Trosco. So he had left, uh, the company that we work for, um, together. And then he, uh, started a company called life, uh, life wellness consulting. And, um, uh, he and I worked together, uh, him, Mike, and this other guy, TJ, um, and we expanded it. And I was, I was the guy who was doing like the sales training, um, teaching managers how to sell. And then, um, helping refine the recruiting process for trainers. Mm -hmm. And then Nick was just this, this brain of a person where he could, his understanding of exercise is just far beyond anybody's. So the way that he could coach these traits better, I still, I mean, to this day, I'm not, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like he's, (laughs) that's how good he is. I've only met one other person who's better than him. And it's this guy who lives out in Virginia named Chris. Um, but yeah, it just outrageous. Anyways, but that was kind of like how we uh, melded together. Um, and then TJ and Mike allowed me and Nick to stay away from the business stuff. I'm not, um, there's a certain point within a uh, contractual negotiation where I lose my patience and I'm like, look, <laughs> dude, it, like it's in paper, it's in writing. It is what it is. Like we're, we're not doing anything different, right? Like, cause everyone always wants to get the angle on you. And it's like, I'm trying to make this as fair as possible. Um, so that, 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 um, that layers, those layers that were put up was a a kind of a perfect setup for me, um, in the very beginning that ended up, uh, ending in disaster, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Why did it end up in disaster? Um, I didn't have good paperwork in place. Uh, uh, so when push came to shove, there was, uh, like money got tight. We lost some locations. Um, and then I was, uh, I was effectively forced out of the business, um, due to, I mean, the business's survival, I, I, in fairness to the, my partners, um, mm-hmm. due to their survival. But at the end of the day, um, it was, it was still upsetting. Um, yeah, and yeah. it set me for a good, a good deal of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up actually, but it, it led me on kind of the journey that I'm on today now. Um, but it was just a five year track of, really getting my confidence back, um, as an individual. Cause I just, I had, I was making all this money. I was young. I was too young to make all that money, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was making all this money. I was doing really well. And I thought I was, you know, I thought it was untouchable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that arrogance, um, I, I look at it almost truly, I look at it as a blessing. Um, yeah. that failure was something that humbled me enough to realize I didn't know. Um, and it was, to this day, I still look back at it. I, I can still take lessons from it, yeah, um, yeah. and apply them today. Well, and that's actually—I mean—that's the, the the sign of a good a good leader. I think is they can look at the failures and learn from it, um, and you know, move and adapt. And I and you can you can either spend your whole life wishing it didn't happen, or you can spend the rest of your life going, "I'm going to learn from that and make sure that I don't do that again." You know, and and turn this into a positive outcome. Uh, so I, it sounds great, you know. So what's the company that you've got now, um, Vision, Vision Captured, what does that do? So we also do third-party personal training. Um, 
I, I we're going to we're we're in the process of switching though to being more of a uh uh I guess a, an in-home training service at this mm-hmm. for, the, for the time being as we get through this next uh economic cycle. Yeah. Uh, so as we're doing that, so we're we're concentrated. We live like the area that we live in is is a great area, and uh, so we'll provide in-home training for you know, I mean, whomever, whoever you know is able to to burden that. Um, and then uh, from there, though, what I'm looking for is I'm kind of laying low. I, I want to actually start to open up gyms um, in smaller towns, almost mm. like uh, Walmart. If you remember, um, I'm trying to remember the CEOs. The original CEO's name, but oh, the founder Sam, of Walmart. Sam, what's his, uh, yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah, well, oh, thank yeah, you. Sam Walton, there you go. Um, but yeah, he, uh, but yeah, just going into small towns and, um, and, and servicing those people and, and being able to bring in, um, some stud trainers in there and, and, mm-hmm. uh, um, hopefully change the, uh, the culture within that town and, and make it more of a health conscious town. Cause I think yeah. in a smaller town, you're able to contribute more in the sense of how much you give. So if you give something to every single school, you might only give out, you know, four or $5,000, but the impact is you've affected everybody in the town. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a different thing. So like now everyone knows you and it's like, well, Hey, it's cool to go to the gym. And then, so you're able to uh, change the culture within that like little baby area. Um, yeah. And then should bleed through. That's my theory. Ah, this is fascinating. And have you found then that, um, I mean, I know with COVID, a lot of gyms closed here in the UK, and I know it's true in the States as well, you know, a lot of gyms closed down. Um, is there, is the demand for gyms now starting to grow again uh, in the States? And is, is that why you're sort of thinking of opening gyms in small town? Do you see the market is sort of returning back to that? Um. Yeah, I felt like, I mean, I felt like gyms popped off back here in the States, at least. Um, right when the COVID, um, uh, restrictions were dropped, uh, right. people were, were anxious to get back into the gym. They wanted to work out. Um, you had a lot of people who were unmasked, um, in the States that you could, you know, like where it wasn't like you were going to get a bunch of flack for it. Um, and so you had a lot of people who were unmasked, uh, like when I was in North Carolina, it would be an example of that. And, uh, you know, they were just eager. They want, they wanted to be fit. They wanted that interaction with another yeah. person. Um, and they were excited to be there. So it was, it was, it was kind of it, honestly like that, that comeback was kind of a glorious time. Like you were like, wow, this is, this is beautiful. There's so many people want to be back in here and being healthy. Right. Cause it was taken mm-hmm. away from them. And now they're like, I want this. Right. And they're hugging. So for me as, a, as an exercise, right, right, that gets me, that gets me juiced. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, fi- I mean, I, I love gym culture, and it's, it's one of those where um, a few years, a few years ago, I actually talked to a few people about whether or not I opened a gym. It's totally diverse to what I do now, um, but just because I, I love the community of the gym, um, and just the camaraderie of it, which I think is quite nice if you can capture that, right? If you can get people to take out their headphones and talk to one another and work out together, it surely you, it ends up usually being a bit better. Um, so, but I, I, what do you do, uh, Dominic? What's your strategy for sort of recharging your batteries? I mean, you've got this company which helps obviously thousands of others. Um, but but what about you? What do you do? Um, 
I, I you know, exercise is still very th uh, therapeutic for me as an individual. So that's part of like my daily thing. So some form of exercise. Um, and then I, yeah, I, I, I go to church. Um, so going to church, you know, you, you I, I don't, I don't know if you go to church, but if, you know, when you're at church, you, you know, you're singing and I happen to go to a good church here in, in Pharaoh. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're singing it, the, you know, there's a lot of good energy there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then posture there's great. And so he, you know, he's always got a good message. Um, it's yeah. never super divisive. And so it's just, it refreshes your cup and. I also do some extreme stuff though. Uh, if I'm feeling uber low, right, and nothing's working, sometimes I'll go and do something like kind of dangerous. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll uh, skydive or a bungee jump. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so that is a little bit extreme. A little bit too extreme for me, Dominic. I'm not going to lie. Maybe not my son. Actually, he's. Um, he's he's my son's 18. He's into his fitness. Maybe he's, I mean he's more into his fitness than I am. Um, in fact, I'll tell you a story. My, I, I might have told this before on the podcast, but um, my son, Zach, uh, he's recently left to go to college. And um, he, during lockdown, we have a gym at the house. One of the best investments I ever made was I built this sort of gym in our garage. And so he was in there like literally every day. The man is ripped and strong. And so um, me being his dad was a mixture of both proud because good on you, son. But also I might be slightly competitive. So I'm like, I can't let him beat me. This is just wrong on so many levels. And so I'm in the gym and I'm uh, my I, my my bench press was not particularly good. And Zach was lifting. What was he lifting? 120, 130 kgs uh, on his bench. And I'm like, oh. I was like 90. And so uh, I was in there and I've. I was building it. And finally, um, Dominic, uh, my proud moment, I've just turned 50 years old, but I've just lifted my heaviest bench press ever. I did 105 kgs the other day. So small victory for this old man. And um, I sent I sent the I sent a text message to Zach saying, um, I've just I've just lifted this weight. Uh, and he sent right. me a message back saying, oh, well done, dad, for lifting the weights that I warm up with. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, thanks for that. But he um, he's he's now wanting over summer to go get his skydiving license to become a skydiving instructor and all that sort of stuff. He feels alive jumping out of planes, which is great, you know. And, and so I get what you put in there. I love church. I love the energy of church. Uh, I, I, I try not to destroy that energy by singing too loudly myself. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, sorry. I said I'm with you on this. I, I was my my wife's uh father was a, a music minister yeah and he didn't believe in tone deafness right <laughs> and then when he he, he was like no, no, no you might be the one person dude who is actually tone deaf yeah yeah <laughs> thanks david yeah yeah you are the one person that is never going to be able to sing well uh and it, it the angels weep when you sing and not for the right reasons right so that's <laughs> <laughs> that's always been the joke in our house uh when uh when i sing so yeah so yeah i mean when you say you exercise daily what um what sort of things do you do because again exercise is such a wide berth isn't it if people listening to the show think oh that means i've got to go on a treadmill for half an hour a day and that just that does not fill me with joy and I'm, personally i hate running so um what kind of things uh, seem to work for you as, as an exercise? Um, so my, yeah, so that, that's a really broad word. I agree with you. Um, but today, for example, I did yoga, 
Uh, so I did an hour of yoga. Um, I, you know, and, and that helps me get started for the day, right? Like if, if, but I don't necessarily want to lift weights every single day of the week and do cardio every single day of the week. So having that yoga session, um, in between and intermittently on mm. um, that help. And then weight training, um, I, I probably do weight training three to four days a week. And mm. then wow. uh, on the yoga days, more often than not, I, I do, uh, instead of walking on the treadmill, I do a rower. Um, mm. and that's a pretty common thing, or I'll do the Stairmaster, um, but a lot of it's just finding ways um, to use. I think a lot of people, because they're so pressed for time, um, yeah. they have such an issue spending 30 minutes going and working out or even an hour or whatever the number is, right? And so I use, and this is something I, I took from Tony, um, net time. Um, so no extra time is what he, what, what he calls it. But I'll listen to something educational during that time. Um, mm -hmm. So this year I had this goal that I wanted to, I wanted to read or, or take in the entire Bible, right? So I, I threw my headphones in and every single workout, I was listening to the Bible and I was mm -hmm. done with that. And I think it was, they took me, it's a 96 hour book. Um, and I think it was <laughs> three months um, wow. to finish. So like, but I was able, you know, I powered through it and then not in a bad way, but just, you know, I was able just to get through it and was like, wow, taking in all this information. But I do that with anything. I mean, I'll do it with, um, you know, when I was teaching sales a lot um, and the information or I wanted a refresh in it, uh, I'd listen to, you know, how to win friends and influence people or the mm -hmm. obstacle is a, um, you know, books like that. And so yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't just about working out in the physical sense. It was also the mental exercise that was going on there where I was, I'm, I'm listening to something that's going to empower me and strengthen me for my day. And so mm -hmm. it truly is like a, a, a a morning of getting going and I don't have to use the music to, to get jacked up, you know, listening to like heavy yeah. rock or something. Um, I can just be focused in on my book and, and just start rocking and rolling if that makes sense. But it makes the exercise that, that form of whatever I'm doing that much more meaningful yeah. to me. That's a really powerful point. I think they call it habit stacking, don't they? Where you join two different habits together. So um, if you're a big fan of watching a certain series on Netflix, well, why not put that on whilst you're on a bike or something like that, you know, the gym and it's, and you can stack these two things together. So it's not, it's not all, all bad. And actually you start to then look forward to, to some of these things. Um, no, I, I'm a big fan of that. Like you, I, I tend to listen to stuff while I'm in the gym, uh, podcasts or series or, do you know what I mean, books, whatever it is. And we, we have those on in there and it's great. It's a great time to learn as well as, a uh, great time to collapse on the floor in a big heap at the end, <laughs> uh, at the end of the sessions. Um, what's uh, what does more look like for you, Dominic? Where where's um, I mean, you've you've talked a bit about building gyms in small towns, but what does more look like for you guys over the next few um, years? I think after I I like I said after this, and I'm a little confused on this economic cycle because I would have thought of would have already come by now with. Um, with the yield curves inverted and everything that's going on there, um, I would have assumed that here in the States, we would have started to see a little bit of a drawdown um, mm -hmm. based on, not to get too um, into the weeds there, but uh, so I, I mean, I, I hate saying this, I, I, I'm buying time. Um, and so it's still being able to serve in the way that I like to be able to serve, which is just mm -hmm. being, and, and in this case, I get to be a little bit more hands-on because I'm actually going to take on some clients um, right. instead of just talk to people, which is nice. Um, so anyways, but there's that, uh, but after that, as those opportunities start to, um, 
pop up where the commercial real estate is a little bit more reasonable. Um, and they're not asking like $30 a square foot for it in you know, an area that doesn't warrant that. Um, <laughs> I, I'll make a move on it then. And it's more yeah. just, I, it, but to me, it's more of a business decision in the sense that that's a fixed cost and you mm-hmm. can't get rid of them costs no matter what. So if I, if I sign a five-year lease at, you know, $30 a square foot or $50 a square foot, um, and all of a sudden we have a little bit of downturn, yeah. I might've, you know, dialed in those numbers where it has to be that we're always, you know, performing at, you know, double A levels, if you mm. want to call it. Yeah. So, um, so that's, I think that's where the growth looks like. And then, um, throughout that time, part of the reason I wanted to get more hands-on with the clients was I wanted more of a streamlined process in developing trainers. Um, Trainers are, a lot of the people that are coming through in uh, for, as personal trainers nowadays, aren't the guys that started working out when they were 12 and 15 years old and worked out for five, 10 years. um, Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden got their cert. It's like someone who started working out a year ago got certified and then they do but so they don't have at the their their depth of knowledge right it's just it's just um and so they only know one journey right and it's whatever their journey was so if they went on a weight loss thing well that's what they know um and if they went on a bulking up thing that's what they know and so to be able to diversify that level of knowledge within that group of people it's going to take someone who had to go through that same journey but then reassociate with what it's like to do the most basic form of this business, which is the people. <laughs> I like that. The most basic form of this business is people, which is totally true and and gaining the trust of the people and helping them achieve their goals, right? Um, what's your, I'm, I'm curious, uh, what's your favorite fitness app? Favorite fitness app? Um, I think because I started without any fitness apps, um, I um, I don't use any. I, I, to be quite honest with you, I don't use any fitness apps whatsoever. Um, okay. I track almost nothing. I'm not so that biohacker. You don't wear the, the, the bands. You don't put everything into your phone. I have a bunch of beads on, you know? I don't know. I don't <laughs> even know why I don't <laughs> Yeah, they don't kind of give you the feedback that you maybe would help uh, would expect from an iPhone. That's really interesting, though. I mean, is that have you never been tempted by it? You're just like, I just can't be bothered. Never needed it. Um, My wife wears that like she has an Apple watch and she tracks all of her stuff and she's very, you know, meticulous with all that. And my whole thing is, is um, I do all the work up front. So Mm -hmm. like when I eat, I know exactly how many calories I'm going to get for that week. When I work out, I know the exact caloric burn that's going to happen. So like I've, I've done all the math um, beforehand. And so I'm not, I, I'm, I love routine. Me personally, right? Like, so routine makes me feel comfortable. I like to wake up at the same time. I play with my kid at five, right? Like I, I have a routine. And when you throw me out of that, I'm like, <laughs> so like for me, regimented is, uh, it, it, it's, Honestly, it's, it's, it makes my life easier. So mm. adding in another piece of like tracking something I already know, I'm like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It just, it, I see so many people stress about it. Like I didn't, I didn't do my exercise ring today. And I'm like, 
So go do it. Yeah. Right? Like just go like get up, go, go work out, right? You haven't worked out yet, go work out. Yeah. You don't have to sit sit here with me, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. so that's uh, do you, do you have a favorite fitness app though? I feel I feel like I'm 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 I mean I have other buddies who are in the industry who use them, but I'm just not that guy, I guess. No, it's I'm the same as you. I, I use uh I mean I do use more apps than you, Dominic, but it sounds like that's not that's not tricky. <laughs> I use um uh, an app called Wad Connect, which connects me to the gym here in Liverpool. Um, and so Matt, who's the head of the gym, puts the workouts on there so I can do them at home, which is great because I don't have to think about them, which I, I really like. Um, and I have an app, I'm just looking at it now, called Calorie Counter. So I know that personally, if I track the food that I eat, I always eat better than if I don't track it. Um, it's a, you know, I, my brain, I think, switches off to half the things that I eat sometimes. And so if I'm really intentional about putting everything in there, I mean, not crazy, you know, I'm not like weighing everything. I'm just like, that's a medium piece of chicken. That'll be about that. Um, my weight tends to do better. And so they're the two that I use. Um, but I'm not fastidious about it. I have to be honest with you. I find a good old pen and paper works really well for me. <laughs> You're You'll last. I still have a, a legal pad. So <laughs> <laughs> Old school indeed. It's, it's, it's old school is sometimes the best school. Um, that's cool, man. Listen, it's time to the, it's the time of the show where we're going to do the question box. The question box is uh, where I pick out a card deck of questions. Uh, we're going to flick through the card deck. You're going to tell me when. I'm going to stop, and then we're just going to ask whatever random question is on that card. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you have to tell me stop. Yeah. yeah. Stop. Right there. Okay, cool. So it's <laughs> a great question. And I think, Dominic, I kind of know the answer. If you, or maybe, uh, maybe I don't know the answer. If you had to write a book, what would it be about? Um, I've had several ideas for books. Um, one of the ideas for a book I had, and this is the very first book that came to mind. Um, this is the very first book I ever thought about writing. I tried to write it. Uh, and I just don't know if I should, should say some of the things, but I called it fraud fitness. Um, fraud. Um, okay. Everyone will sit down with me and be like, you guys are just so healthy and, and perfect with your food and da, 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 da. And you guys live all these like very healthy lifestyles. And as someone who grew up in the fitness industry, um, I can tell you that those people, um, us people, <laughs> um, we're not like that. Like there, there's so many guys that are out, you know, partying, um, mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's drugs within that scene. There's a lot of bad eating within that scene. And I'm not talking performance enhancing drugs. I'm talking about like, you know, detriment to your health type of drugs. Yeah. Um, and people don't realize that these people are the people who you see and you're idolizing as these, you know, perfect specimens. Um, and representations of health are very, very flawed people. Um, and I almost think that if they realize that, like, it's really just this like constant, like them bumping themselves, like, Hey, I got to stop doing this. Right. Right. Your vice may be food and you can't put down the ice cream. You don't know that this guy, you know, goes home and drinks, you know, three vodkas and cranberries every night. Right. Right. Or, you know, has to do whatever he has to do to, he or she has to do to be able to get in the right headspace to go to sleep. 
Um, and so that was, I wanted to kind of shine a light on how human the, the people that, that people are admiring, I guess, in, in almost too, too high of a level, um, yeah. you know, give them some insight. To that was, that was, that was the very first book I ever wanted to write. Wow. So fraud fitness, I think is, uh, <laughs> it's a really interesting concept because you can take that to every everything can't you i i really struggle when people idolize um certain celebrities and you think I, they're not a role model for my kids you know and uh, we 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 just need to stop naming airports after some people you know and it's uh, i i'm i'm with you on that i think i think there's some really interesting things to to put in that uh into that book so if you ever write it let me know i'll, I'll buy a copy because that that just sounds really fascinating um you know you, it's a bit like I suppose it's a bit like, you know, the beauty industry, every photograph that they show you of somebody using their cream has been photoshopped. So it's not real. It's not authentic in some way. And it's producing a, a narrative that is unhealthy for our kids to try and attain. Or even for our adults, to be fair, you just you can't attain it. You can't ever achieve it because it's not real. It's photoshopped. And so I think that idea of, of showing that that level of fraud is actually quite healthy for a lot of people just to go okay this what what they're trying to portray over here is not real it's it's very instagram uh, but it's not real life i'm okay <laughs> right i wish people understood um like when you're when you're doing a photo shoot right like for fitness you you dehydrate yourself right like mm. i'm i'm dropping my water anytime i've ever done a shoot or something like that i'm dropping my water and I'm dehydrated in the moment that I'm doing this shoot, right? Look, when you see a, a bodybuilder step on stage, um, mm -hmm. any of them, right? Any, at any level, they are dehydrated when they're stepping on stage. And so even though they look perfect in that moment, they are the mm -hmm. closest to death that they've been in their entire life, right? Like, <laughs> it's such a, it's true. It's so true. And it's such a fascinating way of thinking about it. Oh, Dominic, listen. Just getting warmed up as always in my conversations and time is against us. So uh, how do people reach you? How do they connect with you? How do they find out more about Vision Captured if they want to know more about that? Uh, what's the best way to do that? Um, go to, uh, so if, if, you know, if, if gym owners, you know, whether you're in the UK, wherever, you know, anywhere in Europe, anywhere in the United States, if you guys, you know, are looking to get more out of your personal training department, right? Go to www.visioncapturedlife.com. And, um, uh, you know, you guys can check out the website, um, or just send me an email. It's, it's D girlies at, uh, visioncapturedlife.com. And, uh, you know, just request some information. We can sit down and we, we can talk about, you know, what's going on with your gym. Um, you know, where, where's everything at, right? Where are your metrics at? Mm -hmm. And figure out where we're at there. And then, uh, we can put together a plan. And so whether that means it's, uh, right now I'd say I'm only taking on consulting clients. I, I do not want to go in as a third party. Um, mm -hmm. It always ends messy. I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, I'd rather go in as a consultant, uh, start as a friend and end as a friend. Um, yeah. But anyways, but if they, uh, if they're interested in that, send me an email. Um, we'll get together and we'll chat it up about what's going on with Jim. And then um, if it, if it seems advantageous, then we can put our heads together and, and get to work on uh, fixing some stuff there. Fantastic. Uh, as far as people that are looking for, you know, if they're looking for some help from some of our team members, 
same thing. Send an email. Um, I don't mind actually handling a lot of the incoming stuff. Um, just because uh, our onboarding people are, are are tend to be pretty busy. I mean, they're mm. they're, they're busy onboarding. Um, so there's that. Um, so right now I'm picking up the extra slack as as we're going along. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, there, reach out to Dominic. Well, of course, uh, put Dominic's info in the show notes, which you can get along for free, along with a transcript from today's conversation at pushtobemore.com. Dominic, listen, thank you so much for joining us, man. Really enjoyed the conversation. Great to meet you. Uh, great to get inspired about fitness and just go and do it, work out an incredible story. And so, yeah, thank you for all you're doing and trying to bring health to a whole bunch of people. And thanks for joining us today. Yeah, man, thanks for having me on. It was it was great meeting you and, and getting to learn a little bit about you. Hopefully we'll be able to chat again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what a great conversation. Thanks again to Dominic for joining me today. Also a big shout out to today's show sponsor, Orient Media. If you are wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business, do connect with them at orionmedia.com. A-U-R-I-O-N media.com. And of course, we will have a link to them uh, on the website uh, where all the show notes are, which for one last time is pushtobemore.com. Now, be sure to follow Push To Be More wherever you get your podcast from because we've got yet more great conversations lined up and I don't want you to miss any of them. And in case no one's told you yet today, you are awesome. Yes, you are. Created awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear. Dominic has to bear it. I have to bear it and you've got to bear it as well. It's just the way it is. Push To Be More is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon, Estella Robin, and Tanya Hutzelak. Our theme music was written by Josh Edmondson. And as I mentioned, if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, head over to the website pushtobemore.com. So that's it from me. That's it from Dominic. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.